This is the Reverend Brian Giles, and you're listening to the Birchwood Podcast. Till it's gone. 
This is Brian Giles, and the Birchwood Podcast is brought to you by the Splutcast and the Boys Club. Hey, what's up, weirdos? It's Mark Splute, and I am the host of the Splutcast. But, you know, you should probably know that already, shouldn't you? You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone listens to my show. What's the point of even doing a commercial? Well, listen, just in case there's one poor bastard out there who doesn't know about it, it's the best damn podcast in the world, and you can find it every Thursday on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shit. Get my shit. It's called The Splutcast. Check it out. Download it. Sit down on your ass, crack a Dos Equis, fire up your favorite sativa, and driver right the fuck into you. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true. star hip hop. We're world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll soup. You are listening to the Birchwood podcast with Shane Ogden. The voice you are hearing right now is of mine, Trevor Muxworthy, the host of whatever trevor every wednesday i release an episode that is a hundred percent canadian content are you from canada do you like canadians do you like music do you like comedians if you answered yes to one of those you might like my podcast it's called whatever trevor and you can get it now but now now weed's legal it's got some competition right alcohol's gonna step up its advertising game i think don't you it's got to step up its slogans a little bit, I think. Like, we got to start finding out what the benefits of alcohol are and start shouting them from the rooftop so weed doesn't win over alcohol, I think. Like, like for instance, if you're sick, say you have a runny nose, you take a couple shots of whiskey, your nose will dry right up. True story. <laughs> Happens. Say, say perhaps, perhaps it's a Friday night and you've been working, ma'am, and you've been working all week and you're tired and your husband wants to... To, or your boyfriend, or, or mistress, I don't know if he's a mistress, I don't know, it's dark. It's 2019, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, so, let's say you want to get Amherst, but you're feeling really tired and cranky, and you don't, but you have a couple of glasses of Chardonnay, perhaps, because you're very fancy with, right? And then you, and then you get lucky, right? So I think alcohol should have a new slogan. Alcohol, making noses dry and vaginas moist since the Fertile Crescent. Here you go, alcohol. I just helped you out. What about this one? What about into this slogan? What about what about alcohol? Because nobody wants a blowjob with cotton mouth. 
I like that one, right? It's a good one. Awesome. Thanks for doing that. And um, you're, you performed last night here at Chuckles. I sure did. And you were awesome, man. You were hosting. I you was. You had a lot of energy and you had a lot of new material. Yeah, having a new child will do that to you. It gives you uh, lots of new material to, uh, to dwell on. Plus, the United States is a hotbed of, uh, of craziness, and so that's been good for me in the comedy world. Was that story about you driving your wife to the hospital like a real thing? 100% true. Absolutely. All of it was true. 100% true. I think that's got some good bones. Yeah. Some really good pops in there. I, I knew as it was happening that Bye it was going to be it. I knew as it was happening. I that, it, that There's some fans, folks. That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. I said Shane, not Riff. Yeah, well, that's not my fan. That's going to go ahead and be Shane's fan there. Um, fill your boots, bud. Uh, right, I could say fill your boots in this context, right? It's Canadian. That makes yeah, that's sense. That's right. Yeah. yeah, fill your boots. Oh, yeah. You, I should tell my listeners you're from the greatest land in the, the United Stop. States of America. Stop it. We have so much to thank you for. Thank you for milk and air. All these things that Canadians couldn't possibly invent. <laughs> oh, that's great. You start all the best wars. We're a bunch of pussies over here talking uh, about peace and love. You must hate coming here. It's so uh, friendly. And I, I spend more time. Nobody's told me to fuck off yet. I've been over the line like here yeah. for an it's hour. Tr- it's true. You're the nicest nation in the world. And my <laughs> nation is the exact opposite. But I, you don't take don't take our leadership as the uh, as the the. the they don't stand in for my opinions, and certainly not the opinions. No, of you are Americans. actually very vocal about how much you love Canada and how much you love coming here. This is a great country. Does Susan like coming here too? Yeah, she's Canadian. Right, I forget. Yeah, this. my wife is Canadian. She she uh, went to McAdam High School and um, she graduated from St. Thomas University in Fredericton. Uh, yeah. So that's you've got the New Brunswick connection. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, I'm in like Flint. And like when I go to Calus, I feel very close to New Brunswick. Although I definitely feel a change when I cross the border. Yeah. Like, there are people with flags on their fucking house. Oh, yeah. You don't see that here. No. No, patriotism and nationalism in my era are very, very strong in the United States and in Maine. And it's strangely enough, Southern uh, pride, like Confederate flags, fly everywhere. Moreover, like, even though Tr- the Trump election was two years ago, people are still, uh, they still display his paraphernalia in front of their houses. They're still like Trump and Pence. Um, bumper stickers, and not bumper stickers, but like uh, like signs inside of people's houses. So, like, that's crazy to me, right? That's total. That that sort of uh, blatant nationalism is the thing that same thing that happened in Germany in the 1930s, right? Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, and now well, I mean that's history repeats itself. We should be very cautious. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. But uh, you had a new baby. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And you're a proud papa of two. That's right. That's and you're right. a real homesteader. I am a real homesteader. Yeah, I live off. So the you have chickens. I do. You produce your own vegetables. You produce your own. That's right. Electricity. That's right. It's amazing. Yeah. From the sun. The sun does the most of the work. I just, I just passively. I take care of the batteries. That's okay, it. and you don't talk don't, to the sun. You don't encourage I it. Occasionally, sacrifice a chicken to the sun. Okay, just to make sure. I, don't, I think you would probably just do that anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Who doesn't want to <laughs> right. sacrifice a few chickens? Yeah. But I mean, uh, everything is so fresh. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's right. True. And do you cook uh, by wood stove? No, we do not. We have a propane stove in our house. We propane. do propane. So you, you get some propane. Yeah, propane is. We have a propane refrigerator. We have a propane stove, and then we have a propane hot water heater, uh, and then a propane generator as backup. But we only run it like one month out of the year, like in uh, really January it runs. Sometimes in late December when the sun, we don't get a lot of sun. But that's it. So you're this fully committed teacher slash homesteader, and you just happen to be a great comedian. Thanks. I appreciate that. I get. I hope. 
I, I think. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I was actually a comedian first, though. Before any of those other things happened, I was a comedian first. There you go. Um, How long have you been doing comedy? Well, when I started comedy, I'm 42 years old. My first set ever in front of a live audience was when I was 16 years old. Um, and then, you know, that was high school, and then I would do, like, the occasional party or whatever. Um, got on stage at, in the Boston uh, Comedy Connection and the Portland Comedy Connection when I was 22, 23. But in that time, I have never actively pursued it the way that you have, say, when you were traveling with Yucks or some of the other the headliners we see in here. It's always been kind of a weekend gig for me. There was a short spell where I really actively pursued it for, for six, eight months or something like that, um, and then a relationship got in the way of that, and I, in hindsight, I might have chosen comedy over the relationship because it didn't work out, um, but, uh, but I like where I'm at. I like what I'm doing now, yeah, traveling the New Brunswick circuit. Where can people find you? Do they, can they find you online to see your information about where you're going to perform next and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I haven't maintained it, but I do have a Facebook page, the Reverend Brian Giles. Um, there's a, I also have a Reverb Nation page. You can check that out. That's got all of my booking information. It's got press releases. It's got headshots and bios and a couple of video clips. Um, I do try to keep a pretty low-key profile online with my material, though, because of the, of the teacher thing, and I worry about uh, school board members and parents uh, seeing my stand-up comedy and becoming offended because we live in such like a, a touchy-feely kind of safe spacey kind of world yeah. that people get very upset about things that I don't find offensive and I would certainly say in front of my daughter but they they might they, they think that as a teacher I'm held to a higher standard and so um, I but just, certainly if you had shows coming up they would be at the Reverend Brown Giles on the uh, Reverend Brian Giles yes, on Facebook they would yeah. okay great well uh, good luck today man have a great show absolutely you had a great one last night you're probably going to have a great one tonight I, I consider Chuckles my home club and uh, every show here is amazing every great. show is great great to see you again Brian great thanks for doing it thank you Coming up at Chuckles Comedy Club in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, June 15th, Matt Richardson, John Scove Nielsen, myself, uh, featuring Mark Sauvé, it's Funnies for the Felines, uh, that's a Cat Karma Rescue fundraiser, that's this Saturday night, uh, June 15th, if you're in St. John, New Brun- John, New Brunswick, Canada, I highly recommend you go, it's a great cause, and uh, some great performers on that show. Also at Chuckles Comedy Club, June 21st and 22nd, uh, Martin Petey Boy Edwards and someone who has headlined clubs himself, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, those guys are from Halifax. New to the Chuckles stage is He Fang Zhao and uh, Juno Award winner and Netflix star Dave Merhage will be headlining. That's happening at Chuckles Comedy Club for all shows uh, that are coming up. Uh, visit ChucklesComedyClub.ca. No, that's wrong. No, it's right. ChucklesComedyClub.ca. <laughs> also, September 20th, uh, if you're in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, you got to check out this show. It's becoming a monster. It's called the Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour. It's happening at the St. John Marina, September 20th. Uh, you'll be able to get tickets soon. Uh, keep your eye on the Best in New Brunswick Facebook page. Uh, it's featuring Glenn K. Amo, Dan McCarthy, Chris Hovey, myself, and Mark Splood, hosted by RF Hussein. It's going to be a great show. Uh, don't forget to like the Facebook page, The Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour. For all uh, of my dates, check out Shane Ogden Comedian on Facebook, Comedian Shane Ogden on Insta, and at Funny Shane Ogden on Twitter.
Alright, welcome to Birchwood Podcast. It's your man, Shane Ogden, the Mayor of Comedy. I am here in Public Landing, New Brunswick, Canada. And why aren't you here? Because where you live is probably better. By the way, where do you live? I'm holding you to account. This is your mission as my listener. Please send me an email, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Remember email? It was before Facebook Messenger and DMs on Insta and tweets and everything else. It's called email. And the email address is birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Just want to know where you're listening from, okay? There are hundreds of listeners from this podcast and none, and I mean none, have uh, emailed me to tell me where they're listening from and that is a good segue because i got an email that's exciting it's cause for celebration now it is an email from my sister so it kind of takes some of the excitement out of it but nonetheless still very exciting that i got some email and i'll read it to you just one moment okay so here's the letter Hi, Shane. During my interview, I told you that Mitchell, my nephew, never learned to ride a bike. I have big news. At 22 years of age, Mitchell has finally learned to ride a bike, and there aren't any training wheels involved at all. Moral of this story, never give up. You can do whatever you set your mind to eventually. I have attached a couple of photos of my proud 22-year-old, yours truly, Brenda. So my nephew, Mitchell at 22 years of age, has learned to ride a bike, and there are pictures of that up at the Birchwood Podcast Facebook page. Thank you for liking it. Ah, yes, so please email me. You know, if my 22-year-old can ride a bike, can learn how to ride a bike, my 22-year-old nephew can learn how to ride a bike, and if a 42-year-old Shane Ogden can learn to speak English, uh, by the way, I'm 43 on Sunday, you can send me a happy birthday message on the Facebook page. Um, or just don't. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, the dogs are barking. That means Leashy is about to walk through the door. Hang on. Okay, busy. It's a busy time. We got the dogs calmed down. Um, yes, so where am I? Where am I? I'm in, I'm in Public Landing, New Brunswick. If you hear my coffee maker in the background, it's brewing some fresh, delicious coffee. And uh, listen, I'm, I'm sipping it out of a Birchwood Podcast mug. And um, yeah, you should buy one of those. It helps the podcast and it'll help you if you're drinking coffee. Please buy a mug. And if you're not going to buy a mug, email birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com and tell me where you're listening from. You can do that much. Look, I'm doing all of this for you. What you can do for me is say, hey, 
I'm listening from uh, Callis, Maine. I'm listening from Fredericton, New Brunswick. Let me know where you're living and, and breathing and listening to my ramblings. So this week I have had an unexpected week off. Um, my boss told me, great job on Thursday, nice and neat. First time I ever had my own apprentice. And uh, I'm an electrician, for those of you that uh, don't know. And um, so it was great. The job went great. Um, and he said so. My boss said, great job, excellent job, nice and neat. That's what we like to see. Excellent work, he said. And that was the first time I think anybody has ever said that to me. So... Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Thank you for that. Um, I'm th- I am thankful for that. Then there was a mix up. He told me to go to work. Uh, he told me there would be no work on Friday, so I joked. I said, "You're a good boss. Give me Friday off. That's great." So long weekend, fantastic. He said, "Call so and so at three thirty on Friday." Cores three thirty on Friday came and went. I totally forgot. I was having a great day off, and about supper time, I go, oh, shit, you ever get that sinking feeling like, I forgot to fucking do something very important, oops. So, of course, it was 5.15 when I called that fellow that I was supposed to find out from where I was going to go to work on Monday. Of course, nobody answers the phone after 5 o'clock, I don't blame them at all. So, I says to myself, self, what I'm going to do is... I'm going to go into St. John, New Brunswick, Canada on Monday morning at 7 a.m. because every job I've worked uh, for this electrical company has started the jobs at 7.30. So I says, I'm going to get myself my uh, lunch packed and uh, my boots on and I'll be there for 7 a.m. in the city so I could get relatively anywhere within half an hour. That's the kind of city we live uh, in and near folks, by the way, if you're listening from uh, a metropolis, we live in the type of place where you can get anywhere in this city within half an hour. It's a small city, not much traffic. So I'm thinking to myself, this is great. I go in, I call seven o'clock. Ooh, I got my speech all prepared. I forgot to call you on Friday, get a little happy with my day off and uh, no answer. So I called 730, no answer. Now I'm getting nervous because I know that I'm supposed to be starting work somewhere. Uh, no answer at 8.30, no answer at 10 o'clock, and at finally at 11 o'clock, I reach a receptionist, and she says, uh, yeah, so-and-so is right here, hang on. And then she comes back to the phone, she says, can he call you back? So 2.30 in the afternoon, they call back, and they say, hey, uh, didn't uh, your supervisor tell you? You're not working this week. There's no work this week. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had a full-time job, but nope, no work this week. Surprise! You're going to be down a week's income. So I had to really hustle, man. I stripped some wire that I uh, that I had uh, piled up and uh, took that in, cashed that in. I had a small side job, thank God, uh, for a lady straightening out her panel. Her panel would just like spaghetti. Um, and I have a little story about that, too. <laughs> I'm straightening out this electrical panel. It's a rat's nest, okay? There's wires everywhere. When she bought the place, she obviously knew nothing about electrical because it was a nightmare. Um, You had uh, wires going into the panel without connectors, so sharp metal uh, and wires don't mix. But uh, they were mixing down there. So I had to put new connectors on. I had to, there were uh, wires that were uh, doubled up 
under one breaker. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, just pretend you do. Just nod and go, uh-huh. Yes, Shane. Uh-huh. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Um, so I had to uh, separate those, buy new breakers. So every luckily there was room in the panel. I had to rearrange some wires um, and I had to uh, reroute some wires. I had to extend some wires with junction boxes. I had to do it up all properly into code. And, um, of course, there were knockouts that were missing, so I had to uh, inquire at the supplier. They don't make those knockouts anymore for that particular panel, as it's a general electric panel, and those breakers are skinny, and the breakers they make now are fat. So, to make a long story longer, I had to make custom uh, knockouts, and uh, self-tapping screws did the job, and I got that filled in um, where there were blank spaces instead of making her buy all retrofitted, uh, more expensive breakers. And keep nodding, keep nodding, going, yes, Shane, I totally know what you're talking about. Anyway, so I unhooked this one wire because I got to rewrite it. And you would swear to God somebody cut this kid's limbs off. He was screaming with a panic of horror that I can't even describe to you. I thought somebody died. Anyway, it turns out I shut off his video games. And he was not having it. Man, he was pissed. Well, how long is it going to be? What? When is the power coming back on? I don't have enough. I have to get my Wi-Fi going, you know? Does this mean the Wi-Fi doesn't work? Yes, kid, this means the Wi-Fi doesn't work. There's no power to your bedroom. You're not going to be able to play your video games. So anyway, that was a, that was a long time. for the, And then the kid, it was his bedtime. So right up, leading up into bedtime... I actually uh, disconnected this kid, and he was pissed, and he was screaming at his mother. So it was uh, quite entertaining, quite entertaining indeed. Uh, what else is on the go? Lishi was doing some laundry, and our, our dryer gave out. It stopped drying the clothing. So uh, anyway, I called the landlady right up. Uh, I uh, say to her, hey, dryer's not working. And she said, uh, can you give me a day? I said, sure, I'll give you a day. I'll give you as much time as you need. What are you talking about? So I didn't, you know, it's just brief conversations. There's no real answer. You just kind of got to fill in the blanks and assume you know what they're talking about. I figured a day, uh, then she's going to look for a dryer. Nope. Literally within 24 hours, we had a new dryer uh, dropped off at our dry on our driveway which was perfect, except it was pissing rain. And uh, I had to call the, uh, there, there's a maintenance guy in this trailer park, and he was nice enough to interrupt his supper and come down in the pouring rain, and we pulled this box in, this giant box containing our dryer, and uh, it was a wet dryer. Very strange uh, situation. But I will say this, it worked out a lot better because we were able to just peel that wet cardboard and just drop it on the floor. Uh, it was quite a mess in here, actually. But it was easier to uh, get the dryer out of this wet cardboard. Thank God it was dry on the inside. And uh, we managed to uh, plug it in. And uh, we did our first inaugural load of laundry. And everybody uh, that's waiting on the edge of their seat right now, uh, stop holding your breath. Uh, it dried our laundry. So... There you go. There's the gripping conclusion of that. Um, don't forget to like the Facebook page, Birchwood Podcast. Don't forget to email us, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me where you're listening from. 
That's your mission. This is all I want from you. I know there are hundreds of people listening. And if somebody can't email me and say, I, I'm listening from uh, Gagetown, New Brunswick, Canada. That's all I want. I don't want your life story. I don't want, I don't want you to do any hard work or any heavy lifting. That's all I want. Just tell me where you're listening from because I'm dying to know. All, all the statistics tell me is that 40% of you are in the U- United States, uh, that there are hundreds of you, and 60% of you are listening uh, from the great country of Canada. Buy a mug. All right. So this episode is uh, Trevor Muxworthy and Brian Giles. So the two separate encounters here. Brian is a friend of mine that lives in Calais, Maine. And uh, he's a homesteader. A very interesting cat. Uh, so he has no... He's off the grid. There's no wire from the pole coming to his house. They live off the grid. Uh, they have uh, chickens and uh, renewable energy and, and uh, outdoor plumbing. So they, I, I don't actually know what they have. I haven't been there. I look forward. I'm going to visit Brian in July. I'm looking, I hope I can get over to his uh, solar panels and check everything out. Very interested in seeing what he's got going there. But beyond all that, uh, he's a father of two. They just had their new baby. I forget the baby's name because I'm a horrible friend. Uh, him and Susan Giles, uh, the homesteaders, uh, live out in Calais, Maine, or near Calais, Maine, somewhere. I understand Brian is a teacher, uh, and he's very, very proud um, of his uh, vocation. And, and also, he's an amazing comedian. Very, very high energy. Um, <laughs> he's got this mustache that is like, dude, are you serious? He's serious. And he's pretty much the only guy I know that could pull off that mustache. Very interesting uh, few minutes I spent uh, just outside the club at Chuckles uh, talking to Brian. So that's Brian Giles. The main uh, interview here, the the longer interview, uh, is my old friend Trevor Muxworthy. I lost touch with Trevor a little bit. Um, it was a strange situation where he actually took a year off stand-up. So he kind of created this gap between us. And it's not like, and it's weird, man. He's one of those friends, and I know you have one like this. Uh, you you got to have that friend, right? that you don't talk to forever. And then all of a sudden, it's like you never left off. Like you just never had that break. We picked up where we left off. Uh, Hilarious dude. We had way too much fun. Uh, And if I'm honest, too much cannabis. (laughs) And we giggled and we talked. And uh, we talked for, God, probably two hours. Uh, At one point... We're actually driving around in his minivan with these uh, microphones <laughs> and we did his podcast. So this is interesting. This conversation is part one. And if you want to listen to part two, you got to check out his podcast, Whatever Trevor. So it's kind of a part one, part two situation here. But my Birchwood is part one to our conversation and Whatever Trevor within earshot, his podcast is part two. So, um, I don't think I have anything else to tell you. This week has uh, been uh, nice. It's been nice to have the week off, you know. The week off of work, uh, I got to actually sleep beside Lishi. 
this week, which is great. Uh, usually we're like ships in the night. She works nights, I work days. And uh, with the time off, of course, we get to spend a little more time together. So that's been wonderful. And uh, today we did a little shopping, which was fun. Checking out all the prices, going and buying things that we need, right? Do we have milk? I don't know. I don't know if we have milk. We have milk. We're good with milk. But we need a little soy milk for the smoothies. All right. So we did that. We we had some fun today. And uh, now i got to fix my lawnmower. God, I never went into the Lawnmower Chronicles with you. <laughs> I have this lawnmower, and it worked perfectly last year. I just bought it last year. It's a base model. It's a $200 jobby from Home Depot. And it, but to me... Because it was brand new. It was absolutely a Cadillac, right? Like, I buy this thing. I'm so excited. It's shiny red, right out of the box. You know, your your kids get the big box to play in, right? You get all this this huge box. And then you take it out and you put, to get, put it together. You're like, ah, I don't need those instructions. You throw them away and then you go, oh, shit, this doesn't fit together like the other lawnmower I, I put together. So you go, where the fuck did I put those instructions? And then you put together the lawnmower and uh and you put the little bit of oil in it that comes with it and then you put a little gas and then you run it and you feel like a man you're like wow this is great i can cut my own grass because here at birchwood trailer park if you want you could tell them to mow your lawn and they only charge you an extra hundred dollars a month can you fucking believe that like the balls when i when i heard that i was like you got to be shitting me $100 to mow a postage stamp size lawn? No. I'll buy a lawnmower for 200 and I'll have that bitch paid off for in two mowings. Well, I, I made it through the season last season. No problem. Uh, and it was great. And I, and I zipped the lawn off and it was fantastic. Had the odd beer. Not gonna lie. Had the odd beer. Mow the lawn. That's, uh, makes you feel good, right? And I uh, loved it. Now this season, and now last, okay, so then I stored it under my trailer, I made sure that it was up on some cardboard, uh, you know, up off the ground, and uh, stored it, I thought, properly, and then this year, pull it out, uh, make sure there's oil in it, fill it up with fuel, start it up, works great for 45 minutes, and it conks out. I'm like, shit. So I talked to my mechanic friend and he tells me that it's probably dirty fuel. It's probably got some ethanol in it, which isn't good for small engines, I'm told. So what happens is you go to the pumps, you put the Supreme fuel in the jug, but unfortunately it comes out of the same hose as the regular stuff with ethanol. So he said what he does is he puts a little gas in his car first to get that supreme flowing, get that ethanol out. So then now, he thinks there's dirty fuel clogging up the car carburetor. So now I've got to take a, I swear to God, <laughs> only me, i got to get down on my hands and knees, and because there's no way, no other way to get the fuel out other than taking the tank off, i got to use a turkey baster to get my gas out, put it back in the jug, put some fuel additive in the jug, mix it up, then... Uh, reinsert the fuel in the lawnmower, start it up again, and uh, he thinks it'll go for no problem. So, I will let you know next week the gripping conclusion of whether the fuck or not <laughs> my lawnmower works. 
And until then, please enjoy this interview with the great and hilarious Trevor Muxworthy. One of the best art galleries in Canada. The, I'll shut my van off. Shut my van off? Because it's got more than an exhaust leak. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so are you trying to do, like, incremental amounts of uh, carbon monoxide? <laughs> is your is your life going well, Trevor? Is there something you want to tell me? No, it's just noisy. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, it's just, I don't, I don't know if it has anything about the... Uh... It's great to see you, man. It's good to see you. I, I'm recording also. I know. I want to do, like, a crossover Earth joke. Yeah, we'll do a crossover episode. Yeah. RF's joke about like, you don't have a podcast, you have a phone. Oh, isn't that great? <laughs> That's a great soundbite. I might include that in later episodes, like maybe around episode 50. Do you think anyone's fucking listening to stupid Birchwood podcast? You don't have a podcast, you have a phone. I mean, it sounds good. I'm surprised it's at weird, how good... Eh? Just, like, I mean, I record all my sets through my phone, so I'm not surprised at how good the audio quality is. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't think I could listen to a podcast that was recorded from a phone, but your podcast proves that I can. Oh, that's great to hear, man. And, of course, I aspire to have an actual studio and so on, but I would have to almost keep... I, I think the best way to capture people is when you're on the go. Like, I can't... I can't. I just can't get to people's houses, and they can't get to mine. I mean, it happens. I go to the Splutcast sure. Mountain Studios. Well, it's hard, man. It's a lot. Like we were just talking before we, you know, started this up about how like my lack of want to do stand up, right? Yeah. But the podcasting is kind of fulfills that because you got to book guests you get a high from booking guests oh right. shit i'm gonna have sieb on the podcast right you get stoked because you have that confirmed like a week or two in advance you start thinking about your conversation you yeah know? yeah kind of i love that. play out that you don't have a set list or anything you know of course you know i had five or six talking points in my head that i wanted yeah. to hit with them but mostly it's just us shooting the shit after we got high yeah, that, that, that's right. And, it, you know, I mean, not necessarily only get high, but, like, doing shows, hanging out. You know, right. I've even caught, like, Brian Giles, for example. When he was outside after the gig, I just clicked uh, record on my phone. Right. Hey, Brian Giles, how you doing? And now I get to say, hey, uh, this episode is, you know, say, for example, Trevor Muxworthy. But also, here's two minutes with Brian Giles. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, it, like, oh, I like it, those. it breaks it. It breaks the show up. It it adds a little, uh, I don't know, perspective, and, and you get to kind of have oh, a couple of you different just a little taste feelings. like that one yeah. where it was like featuring Jason Guptill or whatever. Yeah, right? and, and yeah, it, was, it just gives a little local spotlight. Yeah, you know, you put like forty five seconds or a minute of his material on right, there. and and there's something that yeah. I love about that, so I can relate to you when you say. You know, I'm starting to feel like maybe I don't want to be on stage as a comedian as much. I want to be interviewing people, doing something that I love, that I find interesting, you know, that I'm passionate about. Not that you're not passionate about stand-up no. and that... It's and, just a tough <clears throat> road. It is, it is. You know, especially... I'm, no wonder they have found this medium to be creative. And, you know, it seems like almost everyone has a podcast. I'm really looking forward to, like I listened to, um, the boys club podcast with, uh, uh, Andrew Vaughn 
and uh, Travis Lindsay in, in Halifax. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> and I love it. And I love uh, Mark Splude's podcast, uh, The Spludecast. I absolutely love it. He's just a great interviewer, very funny. You know, there's these podcasts that I love. and I think you'd like my podcast. Whatever, Trevor. Whatever, Trevor. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I do. I, that's That conversation you had with Mark Splude about the birth of your son was hilarious. I, I was driving back from Moncton when I was listening to it. And it made my drive so great. Like, I felt like we were all hanging out. Like, I felt like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. I, <clears throat> because I know the same people you know and, and different things. Mm-hmm. It made it so, uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I can't wait to listen to more. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Seab Dread episode. Yeah, it's good. I'm having fun with it. It's kind of like my my stand-up comedy uh you know, methadone or whatever. You know, yeah. Like something to, you know, because the the road of stand-up comedy in Canada is, you know, it's fucking tough. You know, it's not glamorous, you know. No. It's going to be really hard, especially for a guy in Fredericton, New Brunswick, you know, yeah. to go across the country, um, which was like the goal when I started. And the goal like slowly changed, you know, between year one and year six you know what i mean year one through three yeah get to toronto drop everything just commit to it and then you know not ever moving to toronto full time getting a taste of it and then going i don't know if that's you know do i really want to go hustle it every every that's, night that's, I don't what, know, that's what uh baby face matt keenan right? is doing right yeah. now and i mean he's out in toronto you know and uh sam's in cowtown he's in I'm, you know i'm happy so that he's uh <clears throat> that he's you know He's actually doing it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he'll 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 know if he'll ever, you know. He's really. That's doing always it. just going to be the back It's admirable. Of my mind. I, I'm if Matt Keenan's listening, uh, I love you, kid, man. You're you're doing great things, and uh, uh, I I fucked up with Matt Keenan when I first met him. Did you? Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> we were both doing the hubcap uh, amateur contest. Uh, first, I don't I don't know. First, you were doing it. Yeah. You did it too. I did it, yeah, and and I, the reason I did it is because the uh, promoter of that festival uh, really finds me aggressive and doesn't like my personality, okay. and it's unfortunate. <clears throat> but it, you know, not everybody likes everybody, and and whatever. Sure. But lately, uh, I've been making some headway with him. You know, kind of like he saw me open for James Mullinger in Moncton, and he was like really polite to me, and I was really polite to him. I think it was just this initial not understanding of each other. Like I <clears throat> emailed him back when I didn't have a lot of tact, you know, and I was, <laughs> I was like, Hey, like, why don't you book me? Like, you don't even have to pay for my flight. Right. You know? And I'm just like, Oh, I was the asshole in that situation. Yeah. And it felt right at the time. It felt like I was, you know, telling him something that was true, sure. but maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was or something like that. Yeah. Right. You know? Maybe he's got other people, and he has brought like big, big names to that um, festival. Oh, yeah. So Tommy, maybe, Chong, maybe like every I, year, you know. Yeah. A... So maybe I don't belong there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but uh, it was nice to reconnect maybe with him, I, and maybe I don't belong there. Yeah, I think he's the type of guy too that you know. And you showed him that you'd go do the open mic contest. You weren't about. Yeah, it, no. Right? Like I, exactly. I literally won't go do that contest, and it's. You know, I just don't like contests, like flat. Yeah, out, you know? yeah. I, and I don't like especially, roast battles. That's why I wanted to talk about what you're doing. Especially I... the way they do it, mm-hmm. where it's like, first you have to whore for Facebook likes 
to the open mic. You're talking contest. about the biggest Facebook whore there ever lived. Shane you? Ogden. No. <laughs> yes, yes. Have you seen my Facebook no. videos? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm just like, hi, it's the mayor of comedy. comedy. Get out and make people, you know, happy. Yeah, I just I just don't like the Come whole, like, show. okay, there's 40 of you applying for this open mic contest. Uh, 12 of you are recording your two-minute video in your bedroom. Like, it's not actually <laughs> I like that the most. And. That's like crack for second me. Of I'll all, watch those videos until the cows come home. Oh, I'll watch them too. Second of all, <laughs> then we're going to post all of them on Facebook and then yep. only, and it's not even who gets the most likes anymore. That's, that's old. That's school. just, they just want you to <clears throat> hoard the event. Just yes. get it out there, right? Share your video, share the event. And you don't like that. And then they, no man, it's uh because all they're rewarding you with is a shitty two o'clock spot. You know, that's all you're getting. I know, you know, but I love that shitty two o'clock spot. <laughs> I love them all. I really do. I love that bar tonight. You know, like I, I really felt like I was connected to those people. Like I, I was there for the first time in a long time because I wanted to like bond with them and show them how crazy I was. And, you know, like it, there was something pure about it. It sure. was, uh, but at the same time, when I went back into my older material, just so that I could mo maintain that momentum. I felt this heartbreaking disappointment in myself. I was like, fuck, like you were doing something new and innovative and then you rested on your mm. laurels yeah. when you should have been like, when you should have pushed harder, you've, you kind of pussied out and you relied on a crutch. Whereas, <clears throat> you know, I want to experience everything I did tonight, but maybe with the knowledge that if it doesn't go well, at least I did something new, you know? Yeah, I watched your set, and I was really enjoying what I could tell was what I thought, because I haven't seen you for a couple of years perform. Um, what I thought was just you being in the moment versus, you know, anything that you had, like, written, right? When you're just, you know... Most be, of the big your, pops were your... written punches. Yeah. But it was the way I weaved them together that yeah. felt new. And um, like that, oh, yeah, you... one of my jokes about pulling up to the my kid's school, the teacher coming over and saying, you know, are you looking for anyone in particular? Yeah. And I said, nope, just looking. Have and, you been saying that one recently or was that? That was the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah, and and my girlfriend wrote it. Nice. Because it actually happened to my girlfriend this afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, that's gold. That'll get a pop. And I can't wait to tell her. Yeah. Your joke. And then I started telling her about. Back in the day, and I mean back in the first day, when George Burns was on stage, everybody knew that his wife, uh, Gracie, wrote all his material. Really? Yes. And I'm thrilled when Alicia writes jokes. I'm just like, oh, babe, can I please tell that on stage? Like, we'll connect on that. Yeah. And it's exciting. And uh, so I, I've been thinking a lot lately about whether or not I want to be a comedian uh, I've been thinking about maybe I just have to settle for being the guy who never made it like on the, and in the NFL, or I never, I got to be in a comedy troupe or I never auditioned for Saturday night live or whatever it is. Right. I thought whatever rock star was in my head. Yeah. Is it good enough to know? I'm never going to be that. Right. Like you never really made it. Like you did some things that got you close to maybe making it. Yeah. But you never made it, right? Like, it's... Man, when I had a power outage in my trailer park, 
I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called Birchwood Trailer Park. <laughs> anyway, I'm just joking. But um, no, I'm dead serious. Please listen and subscribe. Anyway. They're so. already listening. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you recording too? No, this is the crossover. Yet. No, this is for you. What the fuck? This you is for you. You didn't podcast. even start? No, you're in host mode right now. I don't even have... I've got microphones for mine. Oh my God. Was, that's why when Arif said you don't have a podcast, okay, okay. you have a phone. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing your episode right now. You're, you're Mr. Hosty Pants. Mr. Hosty Pants. I am definitely changing my actual government name to, to Mr. Mr. Hosty Pants. Yeah. You're being Mr. Hosty Pants right now. That would be great. We will bring out mine in a second. I know your podcast is pretty short compared to mine, so. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, were we just talking about? It's like I got a big podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got that little short podcast. That's right, that little hour and a half long. <laughs> Uh, how long is your podcast? Oh, they can go anywhere from like an hour and 45 minutes. I think my longest one was three hours and 20 minutes. Jeez, but that's a Joe Rogan, buddy. Well, it's about like, uh, there's generally anywhere from like 30 to 40 minutes of uh, music in there. Dude, I want MeUndies on board. How do we make that happen? <laughs> uh, you have to have a shitload of listeners. Or Dollar Shave Club. How? What are the metrics on that? Are you listening, Birchwood people? This is why you have to share, share, share the shit out of this podcast. Because one day, an underwear company could pay me enough yeah. to not do the soul-crushing job I'm of electrician. I'm surprised you don't have local businesses sponsoring your podcast already. I, You know what? I think that's the next step. Um, me undies, like those major ones, they, you know, they pay really good, but you have to have like major reach, like hundreds of thousands. I think I can get there. Concurrent. I've got hundreds. Yeah. It's only logical that thousands is the next step. Do you have hundreds on each episode? Uh, it, it goes up and down. Yeah. yeah like I have, it says I have about 500 listeners Yeah. at this point and it tips. I mean, and then some, some episodes I'll have like, you know. 200 listens and then other ones will drop right down to like 48 or something I'm oh i've like, had episodes what? that have only had like 17 listens on mine. that's a kick in the dick isn't it yeah i view it like just like oh you are whatever trevor though yeah well i i put it like uh you know if i had 17 people in a bar at a comedy show i would enjoy that so why yeah. not you know the good episodes are up there i haven't had one episode break like 70 uh listens that i can see um but i would be happy if 70 people watched me at a comedy show so that's oh 100 oh, i see what you're you saying now I, mean? yeah. I, I just view it as like if i put those people in a room yeah man, I'd be happy. No. And it, podcasting ultimately is for me like you know that's why i enjoy it more than comedy like i like doing the intros right now. my intros are uh like I, I do a pretty lengthy intro, kind of like Mark does, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to do that more. Yeah, I love those. That's actually, for the podcast of my friends that I listen to, I always enjoy listening to their just... Oh, yeah. Splood, Splood's is great. Yeah. I, like I, just I love hearing, the characters. I love you know, Wifey, and I love uh, Bojack, and I love... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all these characters uh, that are part of Make Up His Life. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, you know, it's just fun. You know, and podcasting isn't fucking, I mean, you can do it as free as possible. You can be like, you know, Arif and Brian and release two one hour episodes uh, a month. And that stays within like the free category. But, mm. you know, I wanted to give a lot of people 
time to talk. And I, I had the idea with my podcast is I wanted to share some Canadian music too, right? Like I, I've been, I love that. I've been like building this spreadsheet of like Canadian albums that I just would check out or, you know, I'd just be building them. And it like got to a point where it was like 1200 plus. Man, have you ever, have you ever focused on uh, like a one artist for an episode or something? Well, I had C. Or do you, or you do jump around. Okay. So for C. Well, with C, like if I have a musician on, I've had a few musicians on the podcast Mm -hmm. now. And if a musician comes on, I don't play anyone else's music. Cool. I play their music. Right. Um, What about someone that that passed away? Would you be open to that? I couldn't interview them. So you wouldn't do it. No, what do you mean? Like they're they well, pass away and I think you, music, I think or? you, I think you may you know mean? this because you're you're into the Canadian music uh, scene pretty heavily, actually. Right. Um, you know, both as a fan and you, you probably also enjoy live music, I assume, and you go to festivals, yeah. right? So, um, what do you mean? What I'm thinking? Well, I just think that uh, you have a real interest in live performance. Oh, sure. You know. Like you're a comedian, you're a podcaster. So, you know, you, you're, you're very creative and then you, you're interested in talking to like musicians and checking out shows and like, you know, so it's really cool what you do with, uh, focusing on the Canadian artist. But what I'm thinking is, yeah. Uh, stomping Tom Connors. Okay. He's had like, I think the most albums any Canadian artist has ever had. Right. And he's so iconic. You know, Bud the Spud and all yeah, that Margo's shit. Margo's got the cargo by and Reggie's got yeah. the rake. Yeah, big load of potatoes Reggie's or whatever. The rake. Oh, they're fucking shipping horse manure to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Because they're a bunch of shit. The hockey game, the good old hockey yeah, game. the good old shit. hockey game. There may be a few crossover minutes. Oh, sure. Online, That's fine whatever. by me, man. I don't... This is I a crazy know. setup you got. It's uh, so much different than just a phone. Yep. I mean, it's not that crazy. We got two... I feel like uh, I'm at Comedy at Club 54 again with this big foamy mic here. Yeah? I do. I feel like I'm doing some 80s stand-up in your minivan here. (laughs) Yeah. Another banger coming your way. Are you checking levels? I'm checking levels. I'm on uh, the podcast Whatever Trevor Within Earshot. But right now, I'm also on Birchwood Podcast, so this is a strange crossover. That's got an on-off switch, that microphone, so just right. be careful. Uh, just it's leave on it on. Now. Okay. It's on now. This is Shane Ogden, the Mayor of Comedy, and you're listening to whatever, Trevor. Do that one again. I couldn't hear it. This is Shane Ogden, the Mayor of Comedy, and you're listening to whatever, Trevor, within yep. earshot. You ever see that uh, Chris Rock movie where they get him to say the same line over and over? (laughs) No, but I have a similar SNL memory. Do you remember uh, Trampolines? No. I believe it was Dan Brokaw, a news anchor. Do you remember uh, Anchorman? So every 80s and 90s news anchor used to be a non-ironic version of Ron Burgundy. They used to be actual anchormen that would be on nightly news. And... Saturday Night Live did this commercial where they pretended that Dan Brokaw was doing a piece about how trampolines were like deadly backyard killers. And so like the producer would be like, that was great, Dan, but we just need one more take. And he'd be like, trampolines, child's play toy or deadly backyard killers. 
like this, and then they would be like, "Ooh, we actually didn't turn on the recorder." Um, <laughs> Another like shoot. Can we just get one more take out of you, Dan? You're doing great, by the way. That was great. He's like, Ugh. "Trampolines, deadly backyard killer, or child's play toy." <laughs> like every version would be just a little bit different. By the end of the tenth time you saw him, I mean, it was like I've never seen anything like that before. That's what made me love comedy. That's what made you fall in love with comedy? Yes. Seeing that show and the fact you could just do parody commercials. Like, do you remember some of the... Maybe you didn't watch SNL very much. But there would be these parody commercials where <laughs> you'd just be... It would cut to uh, some office ladies and it would be like, Oh, Karen, what happened to your hand? She goes, I know. And he's like, you've tried hiding it. You've tried wearing extra gloves. There's no hiding it. You have extra fingers. <laughs> and this girl holds up seven fingers. And it's like a product that will fry off your gimp extra fingers. Mm. And uh, and at the end of the commercial, she, and uh, this guy asks her out, like, hey, do you want to go to dinner, Karen? And she's like, yes, sure. Pick me up at five. And she has five fingers. <laughs> Man, that made me love SNL so much. And the idea of like Lonely Island, the Netflix special that just so came that, out. that SNL. The Bash Brothers, like all yeah. those movies, Anchorman, Step Brothers, like that all was like influenced by the creators at SNL. Like right. all that gold, ironic comedy. Well, I mean, there's tons of it. it goes back to like National Lampoon. Yes, and, the know. Naked Gun and, yeah. and uh, Airplane and all those early yeah. hilarious you know, and now they're not seen as hilarious because the pacing's different. Like, if you go back and watch Dumb and Dumber right now, it's nowhere near as funny as experiencing it at that time. It's like uh, people that... Because life moved at a different pace, or... Yeah, life moved at a different pace. Have you ever watched Man, an I've old wa TV I've... show where it's like... Well, Dumb and Dumber the intro, still holds up. The, No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, no. Okay, here's why it doesn't. Step Brothers. When Step Brothers came, there were so many laughs per minute that when you go back and watch Dumb and Dumber, you still love it because it's like nostalgic and the jokes are very funny, but they're very far between. Like there's always this big montage and music in the middle and sure. that's very touching and you love it, but it's not that fast paced machine gun comedy that people have grown to expect after Step Brothers. I really feel okay. like Step Brothers was a turning point for, for what needs to happen to make people laugh now. I feel like people are so desensitized and I feel like um, the people that are on top of that are like the comedians that you see like Joe Rogan and Louis C.K. and Bill Burr and like all these guys, um, you know, and I'm not counting out the girls like, uh, I don't know who, Amy Schumer, you know, and, and I know that's a controversial name, but, you know, she is like a top, selling comedian you oh, know what 100%. i mean like very successful um and um who else is uh lisa schlellinger how do you say eliza her? eliza schlesinger or, yeah i can't say her name um so many and uh maria bamford's actually one of my favorite yeah, comics she's good. did you see her special 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 like the one for just her parents <laughs> yeah. yeah her audience is just her mom and dad yeah. it was insane to watch yeah. all the faces and voices and i mean and good writing very good jokes too you know i saw her live yeah no yeah oh i saw her on the same show as brody stevens actually dude yeah wow what a gift yeah nice yeah 
You did some cool things over your life, you know? I have. Yeah. In your life. Oh, not over your life. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> no, really, because you uh, you did stand-up. You did it well. You started Wilsers, you know, a popular open mic and predating John Forward even, you know? Like, you're one of the first guys to do it, you know? You're kind of a pioneer in that way, like me. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure knowing you over the years, you know? Oh, Trying to get on that um, saying good stuff to people vibe, you know? Likewise, man. Yeah, yeah. And we do need to be more kind to each other. Yes, People I absolutely do, agree. You know what yeah. I mean? I try to tell my friends that I love them. You know what I mean? Often, you know? That's good. It's important to do that, you know? Because like my friend Dale says, we're so willing to like tear each other down, but it takes a brave person to go up to someone and say, hey, you know what? I really like you and you add value to my life and you know I I appreciate you man like this is going to be great being yeah. positive with people like that is so valuable especially in this uh climate of rage I'm sorry to say like I I hate to get back to it but I really feel like uh we are so divided as people and maybe that's always been the case and I'm just kind of maybe I'm getting a little bit older and I'm starting to feel like how harsh the world can be more. Maybe my thin is thinner or my skin, skin sorry, yeah. is thinner instead of thicker. Like you think of an aged person as someone who grows tough, right? That's just a myth. Like actually the older and closer you get to death, the more valuable life becomes, the more you realize that the people you interact with and the moments in your life are so fucking precious we're all gonna lay on the slab at the end of the day we're gonna be put in the ground or, or or burned into ash and that's just the reality and it's not to bum people out it's to let them to, to actually do the opposite to make them go holy shit like this is amazing i'm floating in a ball in space yeah and right now like the most important thing to me are the you know people that i love and things that i love to do and like because really like you really only have moments that that's it i swear to god and it's so like it's so terrifying and liberating at the same time like i'm living the best version of my life right now that i've ever lived and it's because for 42 years i made a lot of mistakes and i've seen uh the dark parts of life and i know that they're there and i'm running from them like crazy and i'm trying so desperately to figure out what it is that i need to do to make, uh, to make myself happy because I know it's, it, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time with my kids. I'm running out of time doing comedy. I'm only going to get one chance at this, you know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of what my fuel yeah. is right now. Yeah. Do you, uh, like that, would you consider that like that realization of like you have limited time? Like, is that good or bad? I think it's uh, both. For your, for your mindset. For, unfortunately, it's both. I yeah. would love to be poetic and say, oh, it's everything. I mean, and just it, the way it know? sounded, that it did, that didn't sound great. Like, you know what I mean? No, like, I, I it's still not. think you have plenty of time. Really? You know what I mean? You think I could absolutely turn this ship around and become like well, a working comedian as big as James Mullinger? Or I could just be the guy who played a pretty good bass and was always in the band, you know, right. but it never took off. And now he works at Walmart. Well, I, th I, I do truly think you're a really good comedian. And if you did get some powerhouse behind you, whether it be like a booking agent that works for you or yourself, 
booking yourself across the country, you know, or like getting yourself out there. I, I think you, it, it wouldn't be easy, but I, I think you could do it. You know, that means the world to me, Trevor. It really does. Thank you for saying that. Like, I, I, I do believe that, um, James, you know, he, he found a little bit of a cheat code, not saying he's not a hard worker. Cause James is probably the hardest working. Oh yes. I, I know where you're going with this and I, I but agree. The whole, like fish out of water, play up to yep. the audience, yep. uh, of this place is great. Why yep. don't you realize this place is great? And all of the other gigs that he gets with that, the Heritage Canada, the tourism money. Yes. You know, all of yes, that. Yes, the corporates. Public, He's done a lot corporate, of corporates in the last little bit. You know, yep. that is just really good marketing and really he actually good. told He actually told Julie that he was really looking forward to coming back to the club because... He has done so many corporate gigs where he had to be sort of color within in sure. between the lines. If I'm to doing the uh, coloring book analogy, right. he's coloring in the lines. He likes to color a little bit outside of the lines. He likes he to be a little I've more seen, energetic, a little more bra brash, a little more. Um, I've seen the side of James that yeah. I know James likes to show. It. Because uh, like, he has a dark sense of humor as well. well people people don't I, know that, but well, when he's around us at the club, he's a he's not that polished promotion tool. You know, like that producer guy. Right. He's actually like, he's just a great comic. Yeah. And it's so amazing to see and so inspiring because I would like to think of him as some sellout or something, but actually he's quite the opposite and it's, it's so heartfelt and so sincere. Like when I hang out with James he, I can tell he's sincerely happy to see me, which you wouldn't think someone that successful would be like, ah, oh, you know, like, you know, ah, it's just that comic again, but he's really actually not what I thought he was. And I actually, when I had him on my podcast, I took him to task and I, I know you did. I, I listened. I, I said to him, yeah, listen, yeah. straight up, like. Uh, why aren't you booking me? Like, why, why wouldn't you want to work with all this stuff? And he's just like, you, you never asked me. Like, I, I right, would love to work the, with you, you know? And, that's and it was just I like, oh my God, episode. like I, I can't believe that all this time I thought James didn't like me, but here it was, he loves me. He wants me to do well. He wants everyone to do well, genuinely. Well, that was the biggest takeaway I had from that podcast was that, you know, the Harbor Station didn't call James Mollinger. The Imperial Theater didn't call James Epic Mollinger. Epic words, right? Capitol Theater didn't call James Mollinger. <laughs> you know, yeah. Kingston Festival. It gives to, me to, it gives me to, goosebumps, man. To get your shit to like that's the thing. The festival I just booked in yeah. in July, uh, the Evolve Festival, yeah. they they didn't ask me. You know, awesome. I, I had to, awesome. you know, it's a gig I've had in the past, yeah. but it kind of goes back to that Elliot Chang. I sent a message. I said, Hey, yeah. are you guys interested in comedy again this year? I know other comedians who have sent that same email yep. and get no response, mm -hmm. but because I've done the gig in the past, it went well. They said, Hey, you know what? We want to do that show again. Do you have a headliner in mind? Awesome. And I awesome. recommended Scott Belford and him and I are going to do our... We're going to do a show together. That's awesome. The, uh, oh, festival. that's exciting, man. And Scott's great. Yeah. Well, he'll do great with that audience too. He, yeah. He's going to, he's going to do perfect. Like he, he's the white Elliot Chang, man. <laughs> he really is. He, cause he just works furiously. Yeah. He's always checking in with us at chuckles and he's always, uh, inviting me to shows. He's always booking his own stuff. He's, he's, he's absolutely inspirational and, and he's a friend of mine and I, I do consider him a friend. Hi, Scott. <laughs> But it's it's cool to uh, to meet people like that, you know. 
Well, it's cool when you just have like a, a gig in mind and you think of like who would be a good comic for that. You know what I mean? Exactly what I was thinking for uh, like the if, Best in New Brunswick Comedy Tour. And as I've said before, like, like you if know, the local motorcycle club in Fredericton <sighs> wanted to get a comedy show together, yeah, you know, I think Mark Splude would do awesome. Headlining I, I think he should reach out to them, <laughs> and he really would have to reach. He's just a little guy. No, I'm just joking. What do you need? What do you need a ladder? <laughs> I don't think we recorded that no, we part. Didn't. No, it was a callback to a non-existing joke for the audience. Okay, so like we're all huddled in the alley, we're we're passing a joint around, and we're talking about midget porn. The the joint's done. We're riffing. We're yeah, all, we're just we're, all we're, we're just comics. And... We're just riffing, and all of a sudden, like we're talking about midget porn and how crazy it looks because they're small people fucking and it's not right and it's weird. And uh, Buddy's talking about camera angles. That's not even relevant to the story, though. We're I just, like to go off on irrelevant tangents. Sure. It's my main thing. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> then a little man. There's no other way to describe him. Yeah. Comes up and he goes, guy, you know, he goes, he goes, you got a lighter. And I'm like, did you just say, do you got a ladder? And like, everyone starts looking at me, like almost ready to I, burst I, out laughing. I had to walk away. <laughs> I laughed because it was the funniest roast joke I've heard <laughs> because it was so quick that I was like, oh, this is Shane in like post show. Like he's laser focused right now. Like he literally like heard something, saw this and so did you say you need a ladder? And like you roasted him. <laughs> but after you're like, no, I heard, do you guys have a ladder? Like, <laughs> I literally thought the short man said, do you guys have a ladder? And I was being uh, so genuine. I'm like, there's yeah. no way you just said that, dude. And it came across so. I Do you think he walked away feeling good or no, feeling No, no, they were told. I know those guys. They were fine. They were cool. Oh, absolutely. They were saying, oh, yeah. you guys are hilarious. Even, even if it was like a roast joke, I mean, he's got to take it. Like, oh, a good one. Yeah, yeah like, I was just so, I was just like, oh shit, like, are you actually, like, because I really thought he asked me for a ladder, and it was just like, are you fucking with me right now? Because <laughs> we were all just talking about midget porn. Right. And I explained True, that I to him. That kinda... Yeah, I was laughing my head off, I'm like, you're fucking with me. I thought it was like, you know, one of your friends in a right. setup and all that, right? So I'm just like, wow, I can't believe it. But um, what a great time I had, and, and I always have a good time when we hang out, man. Did you have a good time at the show tonight? What are your honest opinions about the show? I did. I had a great time. I love the crowd, even though it was there wasn't that many people. Yeah. I think somebody said what sixteen people or yeah. something. Fourteen. Pretty about the same amount as the Matt Richardson. But show. that's still twice the size of the average Toronto open mic. Yeah. So I had fun tonight. Yeah. I can't complain. I love this place. I really do. I, I wish that I could dip into those New York and L.A. clubs and do that thing. Sure. But I'm quite happy here. I, I think that people laugh just as hard here and probably harder than they do in L.A. Well, of course. Yeah. People Be laugh. Yeah, they're, they're like us. Like, they live in the same place. You know, you go and you poke fun about things. And they're... Like I talked to a couple people after the show, and they were genuinely like, yeah, we listen to the podcast, like... We've seen you before when you used when Troy used to do the shows at the Delta, like all this stuff, right? I was like, oh, cool. And did you They've think seen you before? Yeah, and I asked them. I said, did you think I had new material? She's like, well, we only recognize like one or two things. And I was like, oh, thank right, God, yeah. you know, like I am coming up with new chunks. You and are I'm really happy about that. 
yeah, like there was only like a little bit, to be honest, the only, I actually went out for a smoke once I heard a bit that I recognized and that wasn't until the very end because I actually had to put out my cigarette and go back in because Glenn already brought up Mark. So that shows you how quick of like, you were just doing a, you just shoehorned an old bit in at the end. Just to close it off. Yeah. Cause I didn't know how to end. Yeah. But there's so much crazy manic energy and, um, Oh, there was like, there I, was a lot of it. Like my, has that been a big element lately in your sets? Well, my bits are like, you know, the wedding thing, wedding ring thing was written. Uh, dog coat was written. Um, what else was there? There's other bits. I'll, I'll think of them as I go. But the one new one that I was, that I had in the back of my mind was the, was the one I earlier mentioned where I don't know if I mentioned on the pod yet, because I don't know what, at what point you started recording, but, um, <laughs> don't worry about it, whatever. And so Trevor. whatever, Trevor <laughs> with an earshot, see, yeah. I'm getting it. Um, you can teach an old dog. No tracks. Um, so then I uh, I was on stage and I did that joke about the uh, driving to my daughter's school and the teacher asking me if uh, I was looking for anyone in particular and I was just thinking nope just looking and I love that joke and it was new and it got a pop it got a laugh everything else was just kind of like my honest fear of the world ending like I'm scared. I don't know oh, if you other tell people... When you were going on that, like, uh, we've got 50 years, people. Like, if you've got a 10-year-old, they're not going to say that! You know, like, you're just... Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... I did, I lost I'm in the back it. of the room just losing it. That's why... But I think the urgency needs to be there. Like, uh, I don't know if you saw the YouTube clip of Bill Nye just finally oh, snapping, yeah, just burning, the torching the, the earth. Yeah. David Suzuki is the real non non-funny version of that. David Suzuki, oh, I know David Suzuki has been yelling for years that we Absolutely. need to change. So now it's the end of times. And I really feel a lot of passion behind my view of the impending apocalypse. So like, uh, yeah, I've turned into either a prophet or a nut job. You decide. Because I can't. I don't know what I am. But I know that that's how I feel. I fear the world is ending. Yeah. And so a good byproduct of that is... I'm having the time of my life. I can't wait to get out there and face the day now because I know that I should enjoy it, man, because life is precious. Yep. You know, so I think that's, and that, you know, I, I feel like you're that way a bit. Like, I feel like you appreciate life. You, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I sure do, man. I, I like, I don't know. I don't, like, I, I honestly, like, I do take into consideration when, you know, the scientists say, you know, we've got 10 years to, you know, really fucking rearrange what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Boot socks. Anyway. Bootstraps. Bootstraps. Yep. Pull them up. You know, I do believe in that. And like, I do actually, there are times where I think like, holy shit, what type of environment is my brand new kid going to have, you know, when I'm 50, when I'm 60, if I make it there. You know right. what I mean? Which, hopefully. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that is a, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't get caught up in like the doom and gloom of it all of like, oh, this is ending and this that's is really bad. That's really good. So you're in the Elon Musk camp where you're like, there is a way, we'll find a way, we're humans. You know, you have an yeah, optimistic sure. outlook. Okay. That's I, really yeah, good. I do, I do try I'm to I'm trying to see things more that way. Yeah. 
it's not working that well at this point. But I'm hoping, I you people like you inspire me that go, eh, it's not like Nels again was that way. He was like, nah, I don't know, <laughs> it might not end. You know, like we're pretty smart, right? You know, and I I think that's kind of true. Yeah, like, I mean, I've seen fucking videos of fucking fungus that eats plastic and microplastic. So like, let's just fucking grow a bunch of mushrooms on this garbage island. You know what I mean? That yeah. eats this plastic, and then, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, some smart ideas. I you know, there yeah, have been like, is it people pretty like bad times? Like, you know, yeah. yeah like, Smart are we, people. you know, are we fucking self-obsessed with phones and technology? Yeah, we probably are. And, you know, that's just the reality of it. That's the world that we've put ourselves in. Exactly. You know, as much as I don't like to be on my phone, I'm on my phone a ton because it seems like there's a ton of cool stuff on there. I can read the book that I want to read right now i can play a game of pool if i want to i can that's pretty cool do you play do you, you play mobile pool i do i have that app too eight ball pool yeah that's uh, what mini i play clip one yeah. oh mini clip yeah i love it yeah no i do I, I play nine ball i love nine ball yeah me too a, me and my dad you better actually. hit that yellow ball first <laughs> yeah and <you laughs> not the stripe the, one because you hit that first. stripe one out of the gate ball in hand as long anywhere. as as long as you hit the yellow one first yeah that that uh striped yellow one if you hit that and it goes in the pocket you fucking win instantly you look yeah. like a rock star you ever do that right oh, off the, off right the off the break in person i've done that oh, oh yeah. shit man i love playing pool in person or on my phone um every well, this will be my second Father's Day this year because this episode will be coinciding, like, leading up to Father's Day. So it's nice. kind of fitting to where we are. Yeah. Um, me and my dad actually. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Early, early Father's Day to you too, man. Thanks, bro. Um, it's nice to say that and have children. Uh, me and my dad, we get together and we have, like, a, a pool tournament where we do a, a race to seven. Like, first to seven wins. Nice. And we play two games of eight ball, two games of nine ball, two games of ten ball, and we rotate until we have a winner. Nice. So that's how that's, you and your dad our, bond. That's We'll have our second... Nice that you spend time together. Yeah, we do. Yeah. God damn it. Happy Father's Day. 